Welcome to the podcast where relationships, confidence, and determination all converge into an amazing heartfelt experience. This is Speaking from the Heart. Welcome back to episode number 30 of Speaking from the Heart. And we're doing things a little bit different because we are going to, over the next several episodes on a Wednesday, as these are being recorded and published, being able to showcase businesses that are making a big difference from the heart. And that is my tribute to all those that over the course of the last several months have really helped to get this podcast started. And thanks to all the business owners that have been guests that have been able to help us get started with sharing what is from our heart. With that said, today we will have Kyle Slaymaker. He was born, raised, and also resides in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is my hometown. He is a two-time best-selling author. He is also the owner of the Slaymaker Method, which we talk quite a lot about in this episode and how that really became what it became. And we also share a lot of experiences about his history being with the U.S. Navy, which he is a veteran of both Operations Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom. He also attended Penn State University, in which he earned his degree in organizational leadership. And I love the fact that Kyle brings this opportunity of being a high performer. And we talk a lot about the mentors that have helped him in becoming who he is today, which he works with all variety of different types of businesses and providing opportunity for them to increase sales, which is one of the biggest things that he's working on right now. And for those that are familiar with Kyle, he is also the mastermind behind the Success Summit, which we often think about as opportunities to not only hear encouraging stories of speakers and also aspirations of how we can continue to grow, but he also talks about that towards the end of the episode in which there's an opportunity for you as a listener of the show to also participate in what that is all about. Kyle also has material that's available on his website that you can go and purchase, not only the books that he has, but also some worksheets that will help you with getting started and improving your sales. I have to say that when I talked to Kyle, I got the vibe of not only he wanted everybody to be successful, but even for me, as somebody starting out in this business of coaching and consulting, I felt like I walked away with some important lessons after having this conversation with him. But with that, let's go to the episode. All right, I'm here with Kyle Slaymaker. Kyle, thanks for sharing your heart with us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited and appreciative. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to have you on. I know I've seen you all over the place on social media <laughs> and really advertising yourself, and you are a rock star. I look up to you because we have similar businesses, but you do something quite distinguished from my business, and that's what I really love about what you do. Let's kick it off, because the audience heard a lot about what you are doing already. What got you involved with doing this coaching and helping people with their sales? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I had a great career in sales. I sold everything from cars to medical equipment to water softeners. And I really ran the gambit. I was fortunate enough to be hired by one of the large, actually the largest telecom provider in the world, which you can all pretty much guess what that is. They rhyme with Schmomcast. 
it was there where I really, really started leaning in hard to my own personal development and sales development. And then I was laying in bed with my wife one night and she was like, this is right before COVID, like right before COVID. And she's like, how much do you think you've sold over the years? And I thought about it and I said, you know, probably with contract values, recurring revenue and everything, probably in excess of 15 million at least, I would think. And she's like, wow, that's incredible. I'm so proud of you. I was like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and then I'm laying there. She's asleep. I'm looking around. I'm like, man, I really should be in a different place, mm. right? I should, I should have a little bit more. I should be living a little bit more comfortable. And I'm like, it just kind of planted the seeds in my head. So the next morning I talked to my wife about it and she was like, you would do so good teaching people how to sell. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's great. And then that day, the Slaymaker Method was born. So I'm just as easy to start a business. I created a Facebook page, filed the LLC. I was off to the races. And then like a day or two later, the COVID shutdown hit. <laughs> so it, it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Uh, I really wanted people to have the experiences that I've had. because I've had some really cool experiences in sales. And it's just been such a wild ride. A wild ride. What has been one of your memorable experiences being in sales since you opened the business? And you don't have to give the client name or anything like that. I'm just curious what has been impressionable on you since you've been open. Since I've been open, obviously, the biggest stuff is just seeing the client wins. Like I have one client who went from roughly 300000 a year in revenue to 500000 a year in revenue. Hmm. Um, that's always a big win. But the bigger impacts kind of have happened outside of the business, like the more influential moments in my sales career happened earlier on. When you were in the early on of those days, when you were getting ready to essentially sell and maybe even talk about this with your wife, as you just shared, were there any fears? Were there any concerns that you had? Did you have that voice in your head saying, you can't do it, you can't do it, or... <laughs> Was there anything that drove you? And I know that you're a veteran, which, by the way, thank you so much for your service to our country. Oh, I appreciate you. that. And we'll get into that a little bit because I'm kind of curious. But getting back to the sales part, was that something that you had a little bit of a voice behind you saying you might fail in this? And if so, what did you do to kind of overcome that? So there's a that, that's a multi-part question, Josh. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> so. So, I mean, first off, I think every entrepreneur, especially when they're first starting out, has that voice in their head, right? It's imposter syndrome. And there's a few ways that I deal with imposter syndrome. One is to realize that if you are afraid of being an imposter, you're not an imposter, right? Imposters know they're imposters. Therefore, they don't have imposter syndrome. So having that fear is kind of a good thing, right? It lets you know it's almost validation that you're doing the right thing, that you're worried about the right stuff, right? You always want to over-deliver for your clients. I have this rule, this general rule, and it's very simple. If something scares me, if I have an idea in business, if I have any fear or anything, any doubt, I'll do it. I'm, I commit to it immediately and I do it, especially if it scares the hell out of me. And that's just how I've grown to operate. It's a great way to do it because I'd rather see something not work than something could have worked that I didn't try. I love that answer because it's really leveraging your fear and being able mm -hmm. to utilize that to your advantage. And some people don't know how to do that. I work with clients myself, even in the public speaking realm, 
when they're trying to get in front of a stage and they're not sure of themselves of how to exactly place themselves, what they should be presenting on. So we work on that delivery so that that makes them feel better. And I love that you do that even in your field. I was looking at your website and I, I was looking at specifically your core values and you have it as the acronym PERCH. PERCH. Yes. I'm not going to give it away because it's your acronym. Do you mind going through with our listeners your acronym of PERCH and why those are important for especially your technique? Yeah, of course. So, you know, having core values in a business, it's insanely, insanely important. If you don't have core values, you don't have these guiding principles to really operate your business with or by. PERCH stands for performance, evolution, recognition, commitment, and happiness. Performance, I want to always deliver. Always. I want as many clients as I can to be as absolutely happy as they can possibly be. I'm committed to that. Evolution, I want not only the client to evolve, but I want to evolve as well. I want to not just teach the clients better sales processes and sales strategies, but I want to learn from each client. I want to learn something that I didn't know or something that I can implement from every single client. The R for recognition, I'm just going to be flat out honest. Like, I, I like being recognized for what I do. And I want my clients to be recognized for what they do. They pour their heart and soul into their businesses. Some of them are making very, very, very good money. Others are just starting out as solopreneurs. They all deserve recognition for their hard work. Commitment, I'm always committed to each and every single customer. Always. It's non-negotiable. If somebody calls me with an emergency, a sales emergency, yeah, let's hop on the phone, get through it, figure it out. Let's figure out what tweaks need to be made. Happiness, I just want to be happy. I want everybody to be happy. I love those values and how you pull them all together. I resonate with the fact of recognition. I know growing up, I always wanted to be the first one on the line, especially when oh, yeah. you go from one classroom to the lunchroom or anything like <laughs> that. It doesn't have to be a stinking award. I just wanted to have that recognition of, hey, I'm here first. I get to have this choice. And yeah. I think we all rush to that. And we sometimes lose that momentum, especially as we get older. And it's great to have people like you because. It allows us to see, well, we might lose that drive or momentum, but we need to have that. And it sounds like you do that quite a lot, right? Mm -hmm. oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't want to say it's narcissism, but there's a healthy dose of something in there that makes you strive for that recognition. I think everybody deep down has that innate desire, even if it's not. I mean, some are have that desire way more than others, but there's just something about being recognized as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a salesperson, right? Like we work hard. So it's incredibly important to have that recognized. And that's big into sales leadership and team leadership. Do you see yourself focusing more on small businesses, medium-sized businesses, larger companies, corporations that might be looking at diverse product offerings? What's your niche when you're working with clients? My niche right now is relatively generalized from for your listener standpoint i've worked with everybody from solo entrepreneurs people with sales teams and people that have zero dollars in revenue people that have had half a million and more in revenue i try to focus on the smb space because that's where i find my core values align with the most but i am not going to sit here and tell you that i'm not aiming for big corporate sales strategy but i love that because you know that there's a horizon up there and i had oh, a yeah. i had a guest that said to me 
No, all I'm going to do is small businesses. I love what I do for those mom and pops, and I feel comfortable with that. And that's what they want to do. That's what they are able to do. And I find it that you are different from that guest that I had earlier because you have a wide variety of that. As you're building up to that, has there been some lessons that you've learned along the way? Oh, gosh, absolutely. First one is to be humble. There's a lot of sales trainers out there, and you can even open that up to coaches and consultants in general. There's no barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. There's none. I mean, you saw me do it. I started a Facebook page. Boom, I'm a consultant. Yeah. That leads to a lot of really bad experiences for a lot of people because a lot of coaches aren't putting customer before commission or client before commission. I think the most humbling for me, I joined a mastermind. And before I joined this mastermind, I was in magazines. I wrote two best-selling books at that point. I was interviewed in Selling Power by the owner, Gerhard Schwantner. I, I had all these really cool accolades, and I thought I was a big fish, right? Then I, I spent a year in this mastermind before I, I left it. I had great experiences all around. But I flew down to Dallas for an event, and one of the guys stood up, and I'll omit his name. And at this point, I'm still thinking I'm a big fish. I'm like, now I'm in Dallas. I'm flying. I was getting speaking gigs around the country and stuff like that. The guy stood up and he was one of the presenters and he said, how many of you think $50,000 is a lot of money? And I was like, hell yeah, it's $50,000, right? <laughs> Everybody in the room raised their hands, $50,000. He says, I own 12 companies. One of those companies does $50,000 a minute in revenue. I immediately shot my hand down and realized I'm a nobody. I realized I had so much to learn about business that I needed to just shut up and listen. And that's one of the most powerful things anybody can do is to just shut up and listen and be in the right room, of course. I've had numerous guests on this show, and we usually talk about the concept of active listening when it comes to Mm -hmm. that and being able to process what that is. And you said that earlier about, yeah, we need to put the client before what the compensation is. And I'll be honest, I've been in those shoes already being a young starting out person too, because I could slap a Facebook page together and say, yes, I'm a coach. That's what I did. I'm six or seven months into this. I know what I could do, but no, I have a lot of humble pie I need to eat too when it comes to that, because now I'm starting to see I'm just a small fish in a very, 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 very large pond. And you're talking a lot of really about vulnerability in this. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, always be vulnerable, always be authentic. But in the sales training world, you have people like Grant Cardone, Sandler. I mean, there's so many big heavy hitters. And I mean, I use Grant Cardone as an example because nobody's bigger than Grant. You see him in the jets, you see him in the helicopters, and he's got the Bugatti and the Ferrari. And you're like, man, I want that life. I want that life. And then you start realizing like, in order to get to that life, you need to push and grind. Like you need to grind hard because what people don't see is when Grant started out and he was just pinching every single penny that he had just to get by and survive. Mark Cuban would do the same. He talks about the same thing. He's like, I've eaten ketchup sandwiches just to make ends meet. So having that humility of being able to just shut up and listen and learn from people and do what you have to do to get to where you want to be. And then a lot of people find out that they don't want to put in the work to get to those levels. A lot of people find out that they're perfectly content and it's totally fine working with solopreneurs or small businesses. They don't want, and to be fair, in this country, small business is anything under like 20, 25 million a year in revenue. That's still a pretty nice size business. 
You give me 25 million, I'm happy. Hey, if I would have opened up and I told you, hey, I made 25 million my first year, you'd be like, what? <laughs> That'd be yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Great. Yeah. There's all these different stories in the high performance groups. Like um, Bobby Castro took a $1,400 investment and then made a billion dollar exit. Right. Wow. There's, there's, oh yeah. Bobby's awesome. Yeah. That sounds like he is. It takes so much to get there. It takes such hard work and ethic. And people see, all they see is the success. Mm-hmm. They very rarely see the vulnerability. They very rarely see the struggle. That's where the power is. Speaking of power, speaking of the struggle, I want to pivot into your military career because I have the feeling that that's had a big influence in Great what pivot. you're doing now. Yeah. Again, like I said earlier, thanks for your service. And just to remind our listeners, Kyle is a U.S. Navy veteran of operations, Iraqi freedom and enduring freedom, serving in the Navy and being a veteran because I've had already had some veterans on my show. I had a lady that was in the Air Force before she turned into a sales career herself, actually, and working with some high-level clients as she's built up her career. How has that influenced you in becoming who you are today, being part of the military? There's a lot that influenced me from the military. I learned about the value of relationships. I learned about the value of shutting up and listening. But most of all, I learned the value of hard work. There was no pass or fail in the military. You had to pass. And I take that into my sales career, my business career, very seriously. In entrepreneurship, very, very few businesses make it out of the first year and even less make it to five years. And we're coming up on that mark. As entrepreneurs, you ride the highs and the lows, right? The highs are really high, but man, those lows are really, really low. Mm -hmm. We call it the valley of despair. But once you get out of the valley of despair, you're back to riding high again until you dip back down. I really took that military mindset of the job has to get done, right? I'm not going to fail at my business. I refuse to fail at my business. That sheer determination, that's one of my values of my own business because I want people to be able to unlock that door that they might have had locked for the longest time. And you were talking about hard work and it made me pause and ponder for a moment. And I am curious about your thoughts on this question too. Do you think people are hardworking nowadays? Because I feel like there's a shift. I have the feeling that you were going to give me that reaction. So let me be more specific before you answer, because I really want to narrow down it because, yeah, we could go many directions with that. But I often think and I often hear a lot of the times of. I just want you to just tell me what to do and I'll do it well. Yeah, I can tell you to do it. I think of the old Chinese proverb, I can show you to get a fish, one fish, but if I can teach you how to fish, you can be able to do that for the rest of your life. So I want you to be able to put in the hard work and understand how to do that so you can pull all those fish out of the river that you're fishing from. So with that said, even in the military, even in your sales career, do you feel that in the bigger grand scheme of things, people are hesitant to put in the hard work? And if you do agree with that, why? Well, let me spin it around. I don't necessarily think that people aren't willing to work hard. I think that people don't realize just what the hard work is Mm. to succeed. Mm -hmm. Sales is a great example of that. I learned real quick that if I wasn't willing to completely bust my butt, I wasn't going to make the money I should make. And I mean, bust my butt. I mean, some of the top performing sales reps are making 
or 500 calls a day, right? You know what I mean? It's just for those that are dialing for dollars. I really think that's a better way to answer that question is that I just don't think, Josh, that they truly realize what hard work really is. In the space that I'm in, entrepreneurs already know what the hard work is because they've been working as hard. They're making sure they're doing their marketing, their advertising, their hiring, their sales, everything. I read an article in Entrepreneur Magazine that said to be an entrepreneur, you have to have some at least resemblance of mental illness. And I was like, no, we don't. And then I read the rest of the article and I was like, huh, maybe I'm mentally ill. This makes, <laughs> this, this makes a little bit more sense, right? Yeah. Well, then if that's the case, I'm extremely sick. Please keep me yeah, going well, to see the therapist. <laughs> when you think about it, like entrepreneurship, like true entrepreneurship to build something really big and grand and lasting and, and have a legacy, like it's going to shave years off your life. It's going to. And a lot of people don't realize that. Again, it comes back to the previous question. They see the Ferraris. They see the Lamborghinis, the private jets, if that's what they want. They see the freedom. You quit a 40-hour-a-week job to work 100 hours a week, almost 24 hours a day sometimes, right? But yeah, that freedom's nice. It is nice for me to be able to say, all right, I'm just going to take my kid fishing for the day. But it took me a long time and a lot of hard work to get there. Do you think that sacrifice was worth it then for you personally? Oh, 1,000%. I, I don't regret being an entrepreneur. And even in my lowest points as an entrepreneur, I do not regret it at all. At all. I had the feeling that maybe you would say, well, maybe there's a little bit, but I'm glad that you are 1,000%. That, that tells me you're super confident about your choices in doing that. And that, oh, makes yeah. me, that makes me feel good about that too. Because I'll be honest, as somebody that is still kind of figuring out some of the niches and some of the little nuances. Sometimes that is debilitating for me because I want to say, ah, I don't want to get up because I, I just want to lay on the couch. And I, I I had Matt Rhoda on my previous interview episode where I actually talked about that with him too. And he said, yeah, I, you know, sometimes I just want to lay on the couch, but I realize I got to get up and I got to go do that. So then I stay yeah. consistent with it too. Yeah, but Matt Matt also runs like, I think a few months ago, he was going to do like two marathons in one night. Yes, that guy is. And it, it was just like, Matt, come on, like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I, yes. I, love, I love the guy to death. I love Matt. He's doing great things with the Battlefield Alliance. Great Thank things. You. Yeah. But you want to talk about the epitome of a high performer. I mean, I had him on my stage last year at the Success Summit. And he got to the event. He got to the Englewood. And I, I look over and he's strapping on a weighted vest. And I, I was like, Matt, come on, man. Like, <laughs> and he did his whole speech at my event wearing a weighted vest. And it was about his five pillars of excellence. And I was just like, man, this guy is crazed. He's crazed. That's why he's a successful <laughs> entrepreneur. Yeah. That's why, because he has that kind, because he gets off the couch. He's not going to sit down and just be like, ah, uh, you know what? I don't feel like going out and selling there. I don't feel like doing a website today. No, he's going to do it. And he's probably going to do it while wearing a weighted vest and have ankle weights on. That's just the guy he is. That's the kind of commitment to, that it takes to really build something awesome. I even mentioned in that episode to Matt, even, and that's part of the recording itself. I said to him, you are really the most authentic person I have ever met when it came to just doing all those things. But mm -hmm. Matt, we love you, but I'm talking to Kyle. Shut up now. I'm talking to Kyle. <laughs> no way, man. Go yeah. run another marathon. Yeah, man. yeah. Go run another marathon. All right. So with that said, 
Kyle, you wrote a couple of books, and I was wondering if you want to share a little bit about those books. And when you give the titles and all that, I'm going to write them down, but I'm also going to put them in the show notes in case anybody's interested to go pick them up because they're influenced by our conversation. Yeah. Well, hopefully they're really influenced and pick up a few copies of each. Yeah. I've written four books, three of which were written solely by me, one of which was a collaborative book that I wrote, and I'll save that one for last. My first bestseller was So You Think You Can Sell. It's all about what I wish I would have known before I got into sales and the sale that impacted my life the most. My second book is Creating Dynamic Demand. It's all about the demand creation phase and how to really take your customer behind their surface level needs and get them to really emotionally connect with your product. That one wanted to be a bestseller. My third one, Surgical Prospecting, did not go on to be a bestseller, but it's still a really awesome book. People have loved it. It's all about the prospecting phase and how to be really, really strategic about your prospecting so you're selling more. And the fourth one is called Teaching the Future, which my wife came up with that name. And it's got a whole bunch of central Pennsylvania entrepreneurs in it. And each one has a section. And it's all about advice for the next generation of entrepreneurs. That one went on to be a bestseller. Wow. Out of all those four books, which one is your favorite one that you were part of? And why was that? From a non-me standpoint, the Teaching the Future book for Central PA Entrepreneurs, that would be my favorite just because it was such a cool and impactful project that we did. But from a me standpoint, it has to be So You Think You Can Sell. That's the book that landed me in selling power. I came across the desk of Gerhard Schwantner. He called me personally and asked me to do an interview for selling power. That's one of the coolest moments in my career. Wow. And... I think that it's really cool to hear that perspective. And I love your reactions during this interview so far. I know I've been looking down a little bit because I'm taking notes, but it's, it's been like you light up. It's like, this is awesome. Like, I really want to talk about that. Thanks for asking me that. And I see that passion drive through with this conversation that we've been having, too, because I think it's so important for us to have that passion as well. And Kyle, we're getting closer to the end of our time here. So I want to ask you one final question because I want to leave you enough time to pitch everything that you're doing because you're doing some incredible stuff because this has been a fantastic conversation in itself. When you are thinking about just all the things that you're doing, because we didn't even get to some of the things also with business coaching and even your branding mm -hmm. with other clients. When you think about this big overall picture, with somebody that is just starting out or they're thinking about or being on the fence about starting that new venture, out of all these things that you do, what do you say is the most important thing somebody should pay the most attention to or at least starting out should work on first so that they are set up to be successful when no, they eventually launch? My answer ties into a clarification I want to give. The branding consulting, the business coaching, they're going away. Oh, okay, good. Um, I, I mean, not good, but okay. <laughs> thank I you. I see you didn't yeah. like them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it goes back to the, to the H and perch, my core values of happiness. I love the business coaching. I love the brand building. I've been very successful with it. But at the end of the day, the Slaymaker Method started as a sales strategy company. The Slaymaker Method, that kind of pivoted when I won last year. The Slaymaker Method won the best executive coach by the Central Penn Business Journal. And it was a huge honor. And we're nominated again this year in three different categories. But I kept finding that when I was working solely on the sales strategy customers and clients, I was so happy and so fulfilled that I finally had to sit down with myself and kind of have a come to Jesus talk like, okay, 
because at one point I had a guy almost just like you be like, oh, you're doing so much. You're doing business coaching, you're doing branding consulting. And I, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, well, I really want to be known for the sales strategy. That's where my heart is. That's where my forte is. That's where I can have the most impact on the most people. The website's getting rebuilt. So hopefully that'll be done soon. I've got a great guy. His name's Jared Akers. He's the one doing my website. Shout but, out to them. <laughs> yeah, big shout out. You're welcome, Jared. <laughs> but to the, the best advice is know what makes you happy. Okay, because this is a, not an easy journey. It's long, it's hard, it's arduous, and it flat out sucks a lot. So don't let it suck doing something you don't absolutely love. And that is so insanely important. If you are not fully happy doing what you love or doing what you're trying to build, you're, especially at this state. Now, I'm not talking about like tech companies and, and stuff like that. I'm part owner in an app company too, and I enjoy the crap out of it. But if you don't, if you're an entrepreneur and you don't fully love what you do, your heart's not going to be in it. And in order to make a decent, even a half decent living, your heart has to be 100% behind what you're doing. Has to be. Well, it gave me shivers because it made <laughs> me think about the fact that I'm doing what I really love now. And I was doing something, well, I'm still doing it. And it, it's still not the best thing that I want to do, but it pays the bills. But I also know that Good things are built over time. And I also know, too, that I'm not going to lose steam because I finally found that thing that really resonates with me, too. And that's really yeah. what's important about it all. And that's why I at shivers, because when you said that, it made me think about all the times in which I've heard other people say to me, I'm not really doing what I really love, but yet I got to do this. Mm. And they never did anything about it. And I even think of when I was in college, women that I used to work with on a factory floor telling me that, man, my life is over. And they're like in their 50s and 60s. And I still said, being the young chipper, 19, 20-year-old, hey, you can do it. Just leave. I'm sure you can make it happen. Not understanding the full world perspective, but I still have that mindset, believe it or not, even after all these years, thinking it doesn't matter what age you are. You can start at any time. You can. And I think that's very important, Josh, because you know I, I have this belief system that if I'm going to tell my kids they can be anything they want to be. And one of the most impactful moments of my life is when I realized that you really can be anything you want to be. It's absolutely true. It's not just cliche bullcrap that your parents told you. I don't want them to ever have a dream and then look at me and go, well, dad wanted to do this sales training thing. He really enjoyed it. He was really passionate about it, but he never followed through with it. How can I expect my kids to go after their dreams if I don't fully give my all to mine? What example would that set? It set a horrible example. Yeah. Now, I'm going to give you a few minutes to set the right example by telling us all these great things that you're doing. I definitely want to hear about the Success Summit and a little bit about what you're doing with that too, because I think that is an awesome concept. But these next few minutes, they're all yours, Kyle. Tell I us. Promise you, I promise you, Josh, they're going to be more than a few. Okay, I'm ready for it. And I know my listeners are too. I'll start off with that because this episode is airing at the perfect time because the Success Summit is next month in October. It's October 20th. It's at Mickey's Black Box in Lancaster, Pennsylvania because I love Central PA. It's where I'm at. Mickey's Black Box is a beautiful venue, seats about 600 people. 
We've got 13 speakers from all around the country. We've got people who are in the very early stages of entrepreneurship. We've got some returning speakers. We've got people who have made, I don't want to drop the number, but it's bigger than millions. I'll put it that way. I say one of the speakers, the only thing bigger than his net worth is his heart and his smile because he would give the shirt off his back to anybody. People that have made a ton of impact and money in business. We've got people like Clay Smeltzer, who was an educator for, I think, 19 years, and he's becoming an entrepreneur. We've got Caitlin Shipman returning. We've got Philip Sessions returning. My wife is speaking. I am speaking on sales and being authentic. It's a day-long event. We have a big VIP after party. VIPs also get breakout sessions with these people. Last year, we had about 70 people in the building at the Englewood. This year, we're looking to crack much higher than that. I'm going to pause you there because I don't want to get you in trouble, but what's your wife's name? <laughs> that would be Elizabeth. She goes by Miss Elizabeth. She's on stage. All right, Miss Elizabeth, don't worry. I got your husband to say your name so that you got some recognition. Go on, Kyle. I give her as much recognition as I possibly can. <laughs> but the event is it's really big. It's really impactful. It's probably the biggest business conference, business summit in central PA. And I fully stand by that statement. Holy, we've got people from all over the country that fly in to come in for it. We've got speakers that come in for it. One speaker is not even 30 years old, and he's running a $10 million company that he started from nothing. There's tons and tons of value to it. So that's October 20th at Mickey's Black Box. You can get your tickets at my website, theslaymakermethod.com slash summit. We've got VIP available, general admission available. And I'm doing something really cool this year for ticket holders, and it's this year only. If you buy a ticket, whether it's a general admission ticket or a VIP ticket, you're going to receive tickets for life to every single success summit after it. Wow. General admission ticket. I'm not giving away VIP tickets for life, just to be clear. <laughs> but general admission tickets, we are working on something really, really big for 2024, but we got to get through 2023 first. I, of course, host my own podcast, Slaying the Sale, ranked in the top 10% in the world as per listen notes. We're going to be having our 100th episode here coming up soon. I've had some big names on that from Brian Cuban, Mark Cuban's brother. Brian's a millionaire in his own right and an amazing lawyer, an amazing best-selling author on the New York Times bestseller list. I could go on and on and on and on and on and on about slaying the sale. It's a great podcast. Be sure to listen to it. And I don't have any books on the horizon, surprisingly. I've got like seven or eight on my computer ready to go, ready to release, but I'm just backing off of that a little bit. I host weekly sales trainings in central Pennsylvania, support small business. I do that for free. I've got my private group. And then last but not least, I finally became one of those consultants. I released a digital course called Slaymaker Sales Mastery. I never thought I'd be a course creator, but there was enough demand for it. A lot of people were wanting to get a high level look at what my sales process looks like that I teach my clients. And I said, all right, I'm going to do it. So I fired up the camera. I got a new backdrop and we're off to the races. So that is going to be available. I mean, it's available now. So if anybody wants to reach out to me, they can. I always give my personal cell phone number out at the end of every podcast because I want you guys to know that I'm fully accessible. You can text me. You can call me. 717-823-9029. I'm an open book. You guys can call, text whenever. If I'm asleep, you won't get an answer. But if, if I'm not asleep, you're probably going to get an answer. First off, congratulations on the upcoming 100th episode. I can't wait to reach that myself. And I know that I'm on the right track, I'm hoping. 
and continuing to be there. And that's my mindset is that I'm already there in my mind. It's just about just getting to that race. And I'm going to put a link to all this content, not only the summit, <laughs> if you want to reach that, the podcast, if you're interested in the course, feel free to take a look at that. I'll even put Kyle's number out there too. I don't know if I yeah, really want to do it. that. All right. If that's okay. I don't want you to get spam calls. <laughs> Please. I get spam calls every day. Okay. We're fine. Kyle. Please, my phone oh. comes up with like potential spam if it's a spam number. So good point. That's always a good feature. You, sir, are a little crazy, but I think you're a good crazy in that you're changing the way that we think about sales and you're being influenced by so many awesome people that I only hear on television and I have counted in my literature of reading. But nevertheless, those are influencers that I think we all get to know. And I'm glad I met mm -hmm. an influencer like you. So thanks for sharing your heart with us today, Kyle. And I really appreciate our interview. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Josh. I appreciate it. Thanks to Kyle for being part of the show and being able to share some of the things that he has learned throughout his sales journey and even some of the things that he has encountered as being somebody that has coached others. And I really resonated with Kyle because of all the things that he's doing, what I'm also trying to build to. And although we're on different paths and we have different stories from where we came from, we're all cut from the same cloth, the same crazy cloth. <laughs> which I really enjoyed that part of our conversation more than anything to kick off some of the things that I thought were really interesting. And it's really important to think about the fact that we all have a little bit of mental instability. Say what? We're all mentally disabled? Say what? We're all mentally crazy? Yes, we are. Because we all have different things that we do that make us quirky unique, and awesome. And that's what's really important, is that we do understand what those quirks are and don't deny them whatsoever. I could have easily said to myself many years ago, yes, I'm going to deny myself from any future opportunity to excel because I'm too weird. Or, I think I'm way too weird for that person, and I don't think that I will ever connect with them. I'm going to stay away from them as far away as I can. And I know and understand where some of those people are coming from, but those are the people that often create some of the best opportunities for us to examine, are we really on the right path? I like to think of it as being absolutely crazy enough to understand how opposites attract. Yes, that old adage of opposites attract helped create so many different things that we can leverage in our life. And I think Kyle really spoke to that too about being afraid of those imposters and what's really involved with imposter syndrome as a whole, which has been many of a common theme amongst many of my most recent guests as it relates to understanding that concept and being part of the experiment of changing that mindset. Let's break it down. Being an imposter means that you are trying to undermine who you truly are inside. It's almost an internal battle. It's tug of war with the rope on both sides, with both teammates going back and forth. 
trying to get that flag to cross across the line for your team so that you can win. And I know that sometimes that doesn't happen. You fall into the mud that's in the center, and you're trying to get the mud off of you, but it doesn't seem to come off no matter how many times you try to wash it off. But that's the thing. Sometimes that mud is what makes us unique. It's trying to get it off, which is the problem. And I think Kyle embraces the fact that although it's stuck on him, it's allowing him to leverage being scared. It's allowing him to see some of the biggest successes that he has. And being able to do that entails so many different things. Trying to have relationships when it comes to even understanding how they work and how they evolve and how they create so many different vast opportunities for ourselves can often help us become some of the things that we even are trying to sell to others. Even being able to create that demand for who we are and what we can do to provide some of the most awesome opportunities that people might have never imagined is certainly some of the things that we all try to do. Whether we have families, which we're trying to convince our wife, let's go on vacation. Let's do the Caribbean for over $5,000. Or you have that child that's consistently begging for you to please, oh please, buy that game set that he really wants to play with his friends and look really popular. We all know that hard work is needed to accomplish all those things. I'll be honest, I've been down that road. That road of trying to work so hard and trying to push myself to the limit, where then essentially I broke. Fallen to the floor, I would feel very confused, afraid of what I could possibly become now because of all the things that had came crashing down around me. But that's the difference. We need to know the balance. We need to understand what's really important for all those aspects to be able to work together. But we also have to be humble as part of this grand experiment of being crazy at the same time. There is something that I will say that is really important for us to always think about when it comes to that balance. Balance. <laughs> and you might be asking yourself, well, yeah, obviously, Josh. It should be balanced. You should be able to have a mix of personal and professional opportunities and be able to have a little bit of vacation alongside of it. But I think that the importance of Kyle's perch method, the very values that he sits upon and how he explained that, helps us to all understand that we are trying to all collectively work together to create that best opportunity that's ahead. Whether you are in sales or a sales-oriented field, such as real estate, maybe you work on commission, maybe you are trying to get tips as being a waitress or a raider, you have to understand that it's so much more than just doing the job. It's about doing the hard job of working so much that you're able to do that. We do lose a little bit of ourselves along the way. We might lose some of our lifespan, as Kyle mentioned. But the point is, we're giving of ourselves. 
giving of ourselves is always a sacrifice. But having that sacrifice be able to be turned into a gift is something that is most rewarding. We all make choices in which it extends our lifespan or it decreases our lifespan. But having that opportunity to know that you can succeed if you're able to do that and create a lasting impression is something that really gets to the core, or should I say, get to the heart of the matter. You have to be happy with what you're building. You have to enjoy as much as you can because being stuck in something that you don't really like, whether that is a personal relationship or a professional one, is something that must be at the top of the food chain so that you can continue to make the best version of yourself come alive. But heart is something that drives everything that we could ever do because even with all the skills that we could possibly master, which all of us are capable of doing, you have to think about that the brain isn't just alone. It's also with heart. That is what's really important. That allows you to have the most incredible voice that you could ever imagine having and allows you to become most critical in all those things that you're trying to do. You are already successful if you're thinking that way. And you're already successful by listening to this to know that you can move in that direction. Thanks for listening to episode number 30 of Speaking from the Heart. And I look forward to hearing from your heart very soon. Thanks for listening. For more information about our podcast and future shows, search for Speaking from the Heart to subscribe and be notified wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit us at www.yourspeakingvoice.biz for more information about potential services that can help you create the best version of yourself. See you next time.